Hello and welcome to episode 54 of Glitch Report. I am your host, Nitwit. Thank you so much for stopping by, saying hi, kicking with me today on the stream, the stream of dreams, the show of shows and everything in between. Thank you for checking this uh, podcast out live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Nitwit, G-N-I-T-T. W-I-T-T. If you're watching this live, hello, hey, hi. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you for stopping by on YouTube. And if you're watching the audio or watching the audio, if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, watch with your ears. Listen, do you smell something? Um, the, hey, it's been a week of games. Um, I'm happy to be back uh, recording. And uh, man, what a week of games it has been. I am one year older. I am uh, none the wiser. And um, I've learned a lot. Uh, about my uh, self is since uh, having my birthday on the over on the weekend and some shit that I I didn't know I knew I didn't know was possible um, I've surprised myself in my uh, in my old age and uh, I figured you know I don't want to get too selfish. I don't want to take up too much of your time on this podcast. This podcast really is supposed to be a conversation with with you and me about uh, gaming news and, and what's going on in the world of games, and you know, obviously try to cover some games from a uh, you know from a personal uh, perspective of of you know, hey, what I've been playing is it any good? What's going on? Um, but I actually before I have this conversation with with you, I, I want to have a conversation uh, with myself. Um, more specifically, I want to have a conversation with myself from last week because, uh, what I have to say to myself from last week will genuinely, uh, shock myself. So it's, if it's okay with you, I would like to first start off this podcast by, by having a conversation, uh, with myself from, uh, last week. So I, I am me today now live recording this podcast and i want to have a quick conversation with myself from last week the the same version of myself that you were listening to not that long ago you know talking about uh all sorts of stuff last week so if you don't mind here we go uh, hey, hey nitwit it's uh, it's it's nitwit from uh one week into the future oh, oh hey nitwit what what's going on man hey thank you so much for uh for for getting a hold of me getting in it, wait a minute hold on what's going on what who are you again I, no i'm i'm you you're me i'm you but i'm i'm you from like a, a week into the future i just want to say like happy belated birthday man oh, oh that's so nice of you i mean you you knew it was my birthday you didn't have to wait a almost a whole week to wish me uh this is still very strange what exactly are you, you know what are you from the future what exactly are you doing well I wanted to let you know that, um, you know, your gaming habits may have recently changed, uh, over the last week. Oh, oh, that's cool. Did I finish Hogwarts legacy? N nah, you, you didn't finish Hogwarts legacy. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sure, you know, something, something very reasonable, uh, came up did I get back into Diablo four? Uh, have I experienced any more of that, um, about that season one content, mm, no nitwit from a week ago. You didn't really spend that much more time with Diablo Four season one. In fact, you kind of bounced off of it relatively quickly. Um, some some sort of report. You didn't finish Hogwarts Legacy, and you didn't um, spend any more time with Diablo Four. Well, okay, nitwit. Um, a week into the future. What are you getting at? Like, don't beat around the bush. What have I been doing for a good amount of last week that you feel is so important to uh, come on my podcast, my show, interrupt 
what would have been a typical news segment. Tell me what's going on. You, you know that game Fortnite? Oh yeah, with the you know with the, they put they put the Transformers in uh, in that game, and you can ride. Uh, I think there's like a jungle. There's like dinosaurs in this one. I played it a, a, a months and months ago, and you could ride motorcycles. And it's it's fucking it's fucking crazy. Um, yeah. What what about we just talked actually we just talked about Fortnite on the on the podcast last week. It destroys the lives of children. Um, why? What's going on with Fortnite? Well, you might have gotten into Fortnite. Oh, that that's okay. You know, it's a free to play game and and stuff like that. You know, hey, you know, doesn't cost anything but your time, right? Right. Not exactly nitwit from a week ago. Um, see, you might have got some V bucks as a birthday present, and you know, one thing led to another, which led to another. Oh, nitwit! A week into the future, do not tell me what you're about to tell me. You might have started spending some money on Fortnite, nitwit last week up in the past yes you might have spent some money well that's a shame what uh what did you get well hopefully it was something cool right well it is something cool you got the very concept the very skin of john cena now that is what i'm talking about in nitwit uh a week into the future love john cena you can't see him you know the hustle, loyalty, respect, Dr. Thugonomics, all that stuff. That is fantastic. Um, I'm so excited to hear that you took those V-Bucks and spent that money on John Cena. Well, not exactly nitwit from a week ago. I did have to spend a large amount of my own personal money to pay for some of that John Cena skin. Because it turns out skins in Fortnite ain't cheap. Well, you had some V-Bucks probably in your account when you logged in. Yeah, but not enough. So, uh, Nitwit from uh, the future, how much money have we spent on Fortnite in the span of one week? About 35-ish dollars? No, no, it can't, no. Tell, are you sure it's not closer to like $40? Yeah, it's probably closer to about $40, all things considered. What the fuck are you doing spending all this money on Fortnite skins? What else did you get? Well, I did get the Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse um, skin pack, the, the big collection of skins. Now I can be uh, Miles Morales or I can be, uh, what the hell is his name, Miguel? Miguel O'Hara? What the hell is that guy's name from... Uh, uh, for it, Vincent Nitwit, don't bother to fact check any of this stuff. I will look at my credit card statements and I will get back to you on all the money that you've spent in Fortnite. Um, I will never financially recover from these Fortnite skin purchases. $40 down the tube. Your family would be so disappointed in you. Nitwit from a week ago, I totally understand, but it's been a lot of fun and we'll have more to say about uh, Fortnite coming up on the podcast. So stick around. We're not going anywhere. What do you mean you can't, we're not going anywhere. You can't just take an ad break on, on my show. This is my show. You can't pause and take a break. Stick around. We'll be right back with more Glitch Report, with more news. Don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome back to your regularly scheduled Glitch Report. I am... Your host, Nitwit. We have a, a wide variety of news today. Um, sorry to uh, interrupt the flow of the podcast with a uh, 
with a dastardly conversation between myself and I about our Fortnite uh, uh, trials and tribulations. I will have more to say about Fortnite uh, coming up on the show. Um, I will quickly say that I still stand by uh, damn near everything I said last week as it relates to that um, uh, McLean's article. Um, I think that if you or someone you know is uh, experiencing some sort of mental health crisis, gambling addiction, impulsiveness, things like that, uh, that they should seek help, that you should support them and all of that stuff. And I'm not making some light of any of this shit. Um, as someone who spent a lot of time looking at Fortnite, uh, you know, menus and, and, and shit like that, uh, as a, you know, throughout the week, that shit is fucking expensive. And if one of the things that has you kind of banging your head, uh, with Fortnite is the consumption and purchase of, uh, some of their, uh, in-game skins and items, like I totally, totally get it. Uh, but again, just want to say that, like, still stand by what I said in regards to that McLean's article, um, but, uh, you know, like with any, you know, vice with any sort of poison, you know, uh, know your limits and, and, and play within it, uh, but also, uh, seek help when possible. So anyways, with all that said, uh, we got some news, uh, coming up on the show. We're going to be talking a little bit of Microsoft and Sony, uh, recent, um, you know, kind of Q4 uh, results and uh, and records for the quarter. Got some EA news. We got some Ubisoft news, some Capcom, CD Projekt Red, Insomniac, a whole whack load of news. But I wanted to kick things off with our top story. Um, the biggest news uh, story to come out this uh, this week, Shrek. The Ogre, you know him, you love him from uh, such hit movies as Shrek the Third and Shrek the Halls. Um, Shrek is making his console comeback after 12 long years in DreamWorks All-Star Kart Racing. The Swamp Dweller hasn't appeared in a console game since the Xbox 360 days. Shrek is back, y'all. Uh, DreamWorks All-Star Kart Racing will feature characters from a variety of DreamWorks movies, including Shrek, Trolls, Kung Fu Panda, The Boss Baby. Yes! Madagascar, How to Train Your Dragon, Puss in Boots, who is actually from um, Shrek, and The Bad Guys. That's like the Mr. Wolf uh, people. I'm just I'm just excited that we can finally uh, play as the boss baby uh, in a video game. I think that's going to be uh, really exciting uh, for all involved. Uh, the game will be published by Game Mill Entertainment. You know, my grandpappy used to work at the Game Mill just churning away uh, cart racers every six to 12 months. Anyways, um, being published by game mill, uh, being developed by uh, bam tang games, uh, both of which were responsible for the recent Nickelodeon cart racer. So if you're thinking fuck Shrek, I would rather race go-karts as uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. Well, my friend, my child of God, you can do uh, just that. Game will be released on Xbox Series X and S, PS5, Switch, Xbox One, PS4, and PC, but no release window has been confirmed at this stage. According to Game Mill, the game will include 20 playable characters, including Shrek, Poe, Tigress, Boss Baby from the movie The Boss Baby, Puss in Boots from the movie 
Puss in Boots, Hiccup, and Astrid. It also featured tracks set in locations from each IP, including the kingdom of far, far away from Shrek, Bergen Town from the Trolls, the Spirit Realm from Kung Fu Panda, Baby Core from The Boss Baby, which, again, The Boss Baby is from The Boss Baby, and New York City Zoo from Madagascar. I guess Madagascar is not actually a location in the Madagascar movies. I don't think I've ever seen a Madagascar movie, but I think I've seen an episode of that Penguins TV show. Um... Anyways, uh, you're going to be able to race go-karts uh, in Shrek, you know, and you know what type of game this is. You, I don't even know why this uh, Video Games Chronicle article is as long as it is, but again, shout out to Video Games Chronicles. But hey, if you, uh, if you like Shrek and you like go-karts, I don't know what to tell you. You're getting exactly what you wanted at some point in the near future. This is some weird Xbox news. This is not the main Xbox news that I wanted to talk about, but this is kind of, you know, segues into larger Xbox conversation in a few minutes here. Xbox has created the world's first ever pizza scented controller. The Teenage, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles themed controllers will be given away. This is all part of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles tie in with Paramount Pictures. The company will give away a limited number of the ooze green wireless controllers to coincide with next month's cinema release of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. I gotta say, that movie looks alright. I am not a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles guy, like, at all. I might have been slightly too young when they came out, which isn't, like, much of an excuse. It's just the excuse I always give for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's like, people ask me, no, why aren't you into G.I. Joe and Transformers? And I'll be like, because that shit's for old people, dog. Um... Whereas for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I will say that shit is for people that are slightly older than me, dog. Quote, designed to deliver the smell of the turtle's beloved meal to your game time, these exclusive Xbox wireless controllers come with a built-in scent diffuser shaped like the slice of delicious New York za, said Xbox uh, Josh Stein. Quote, the controller comes in four variations, each representing the signature colors, weapons, and personality of a turtle brother, Leonardo, Raphael, Donatello, and Michelangelo. To be uh, in with a chance of winning one, fans should follow Xbox Game Pass on Twitter and retweet this sweepstakes tweet. Um, yeah, uh, what? I don't... Hmm. You know, I'm looking at these pizza controllers and it's like there's like a pizza like slice sticking out of the, I don't know, like the back of the controller. And then it has like the, it has like, you know, the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like designs on the controllers themselves. And I, I can see why they're giving this away. I guess that's the thing is like, I can see why they're giving this away because I just, I, I imagine that. You know, A, these controllers are probably not going to have a scent that lasts for a particularly long time. But on top of that, do I really want my hands and my my gaming aura to smell like pizza or any more like pizza than it already does? I just, it's a weird tie-in, but I guess they tricked me into talking about it. Uh, this stream, this podcast, this episode of the show brought to you by Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem in theaters soon all right let's get into like the kind of the meat of this uh podcast it's you know after like damn near like you know almost 15 plus minutes of farting around uh we got some uh results some uh some business numbers from both microsoft and sony 
we'll kick things off talking about Microsoft. Microsoft reports, quote, a second best Q4 and full year of Xbox revenue. Uh, this is from Video Games Chronicles. Shout out to Video Games Chronicles. Fourth, uh, the, the fourth quarter ended on June 30th, 2023. The company said gaming revenue increased 36 million or 1% uh, compared to the corresponding period of the previous fiscal year. Quarterly Xbox content and services revenue was up 5% year over year, driven by the growth in third-party content and Xbox Game Pass, but that was offset by a 13% decline in hardware revenue due to lower volumes of consoles sold. So what's happening is people are people who own Xboxes uh, or, or PC gaming or whatever are spending more money uh, or are getting into services like Game Pass Um through Xbox subscriptions and services and, 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 and digital sales, but uh, less people are actually buying new uh, Xbox hardware, which doesn't sound good. That doesn't like you. Mm, Xbox needs to sell consoles. That is, you know, that is still the name of the game. I don't care if, Phil Spencer wants to talk about, you know, mobile gaming. Phil Spencer wants to talk about, you know, subscriptions to Game Pass and all that stuff. At the end of the day, um, you really can't get people into those services if they ain't buying the consoles to begin with, right? You know, Sony realized this and introduced their three-tier system for uh, PlayStation Plus, allowing people to give them damn near as much money as they want every month, every year, um, to go with that PlayStation and a 13% uh, decline in hardware revenue does not look good. The quarterly gaming results fell short of the company's previous guidance in April. Microsoft forecasted Xbox revenue growth in the mid to high single digits and Xbox content and services revenue growth in the low to mid teens. Nevertheless, according to independent industry analysts at Dom's playing on Twitter, Microsoft fourth quarter gaming sales totaled approximately 3.49 billion, the second highest ever for the Xbox division behind Q4 fiscal year 2021. Full year sales of the division of approximately uh, 15.47 billion were also only bettered during Microsoft's previous fiscal year. Uh, quote, using quarterly sales growth of 1% of uh, for Xbox, Microsoft's gaming division saw uh, fourteen, uh, sorry, fifteen point four six five billion in revenue during the year ending June twenty third, uh, sorry, June twenty twenty three, um, compared to sixteen point two three billion last year. Uh, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella and CFO Amy Hood uh, are expected to provide more information. They have provided more information during Microsoft's earnings call on Tuesday. CEO Satya, uh, Satya Nadella claimed Xbox set fourth quarter records for monthly active users and game pass engagement. Quote, we set new fourth quarter highs for monthly active users driven by strength of uh, off console as well. Uh, uh, monthly active devices. He said, we saw record fourth quarter engagement across Game Pass with hours played up 22% year over year. So people are playing a lot of Xbox and they're getting in on Game Pass and, and, and you know, all that stuff. But maybe not that many people are buying consoles, which is a vastly different story than the story that uh, Sony is telling. Sony says PlayStation 5 has hit 40 million sales, tracking slightly behind 
PS4. Um, PS4 remains the fastest selling uh, Sony console to reach 40 million sales, having reportedly reached that milestone two months sooner. Although it didn't face the same COVID related supply issues that have, uh, you know, messed up some of the PS5's momentum. Uh, this is from CEO Jim Ryan. We launched PlayStation 5 in November 2020, and the world was in a strange and different place than when we announced the console in 2019. You fucking said it, Jim Ryan. Quote, despite the unprecedented challenges of COVID, our teams and our partners worked diligently to deliver PS5 on time. We continue to face headwinds with the pandemic. And it took months for supply chains to normalize so we could have the inventory to keep up with demand. Quote, for months, uh, for, sorry, for more months than I care to remember, we kept thanking our community for their patience while working through these issues. But now PS5 supply is well stocked and we are seeing that pent-up demand finally being met. Sony recently announced plans to sell a record number of PlayStation consoles during its current fiscal year the company intends to ship 25 million ps5 consoles during fiscal year 2023 the 12-month period ending on march 31st 2024 if achieved if achieved it would beat a 25 year old console sales record set when the original playstation shipped 22.6 million units in fiscal year 1998 sony revealed the annual ps5 target as part of the uh, uh, fiscal year 2022 earnings results in April during the fourth quarter of its last fiscal year, which ended in March, the company shipped 6.3 million PS5 consoles to reach 38.3 million lifetime shipments. Uh, the figure represented a record for any games console during the first three months of a calendar year and was also doubled PS4's all time peak for the same window. Recent PS5 sales momentum has been boosted by significant price promotions, and it's also been claimed that a temporary $50 price cut will be announced for the United States and Europe. Uh, Sony may be attempting to clear stock ahead of its unconfirmed plans to launch a new PS5 model featuring a detachable disk drive later this year. Um... Um, you know, that's a very different story than the story we just read from Microsoft, right? Microsoft's all about that, that, you know, that services, digital sales and, 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 all, and game and time spent played where, where Sony is like, yo, we are moving that dope. We are so, Sony is straight up like, yo, we are out here fucking moving that product. We are putting physical goods in motherfuckers hands. All right. We are, we are out there slanging that product um you know the the video games chronicle article says microsoft doesn't usually disclose figures for its xbox uh x and s consoles which also launched in november however reports have claimed that at last month's big festival 2023 in brazil xbox leonardo barros barreto shared a slide seemingly revealing that xbox has sold a combined total of 21 million units Microsoft didn't confirm or deny the accuracy of these reports when approached by VGC at time for clarification. So let's just take 21 million units at face value. Um, compared to 40 million, that is damn near two to one. Damn near two to one. That's not, that's not, that's not a real competitive battleground that we are looking at here. Now one could argue, well, Hey man, maybe that, uh, Activision deal will change that fortune. Really hard to say. Really, really hard to say because 
I don't know if you can get a PS5 owner to sell that PS5, trade in that PS5, stop playing that PS5, and pick up an Xbox Series X and S at this rate. I feel like Microsoft... Look, I don't want to... I don't know if I want to go this far. I mean, these consoles did come out only within the last three years. We probably got another, you know, I don't know, probably five-ish years of these consoles to go. But um, Microsoft ain't going to be able to double their sales numbers by the end of uh, this console cycle. There's just, there's no way that's going to happen. Sony hat wit, but when all is said and done, Sony will have blown Xbox out of the water as it relates to, you know, the sales of physical hardware and devices. Now, Hey, maybe, you know, they put call of duty out on game pass and people are like, well, fuck man. Um, you know, I'm a casual Xbox gamer. I already own an Xbox, but Call of Duty was one of the few games that I bought every year. And I only had the base level of Xbox Game Pass because I just wanted to buy Call of Duty every year, pay for the online multiplayer and play with my friends. Now I'm going to get in on that Xbox, you know, ultimate something like that um, so that I can get Call of Duty for free as part of Game Pass and play the online multiplayer. Like maybe that ends up being the story that uh, Microsoft tells, right? Is, Hey, we took people who would have typically bought uh call of duty for, for full price and convinced them to join, you know, the highest tier of game pass or something like that. Right. Meanwhile, Sony will continue to tell people all, you know, shout from the rooftops. Yo, we are selling PS fives like fucking crazy. The, the only, the only, um, you know, console that, uh, is better than us is our last console, which was the greatest selling console of all time. Actually, I don't want to, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. Greatest selling console of all time. Let's say, well, let's, oh, sorry, let's, let's not say things we can't take back. Um, when all is said and done, um, Sony will have a huge amount of the greatest selling consoles of all time. The greatest selling console of all time is still the PlayStation 2, 155 million units. PlayStation 4, 117 million units, though, of course, that was outdone by both Game Boy, Nintendo Switch, and Nintendo DS. Um, and, you know, hey, like, in, in fairness, like, Xbox 360 sold, you know, 84 million units. Uh, PlayStation 3 sold 87 but we're pretty early into this cycle of things and um you know PlayStation 5 has already sold 40 million units so they're going to continue to sell that product they're going to continue to to get uh consoles into the hands of people the question is will they be able to retain uh more revenue from those folks as relates to the services like PlayStation Plus and 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 stuff like that we'll see talked about this a while ago um that there was a variety of lego games being produced by 2k 
right? We saw the fruits of that labor with the release of uh, Lego 2K Drive, a game that I feel like just kind of came and went, though I didn't personally play it. Um, but it looks like there is a new game on the horizon. Amazon has leaked uh, a unannounced Lego 2K football game for September release. The title was now leaked from several sources, but has yet to be officially revealed. Um, it's listing it as Lego goal L E G O space G triple O A L Lego goal. They should have just called it Lego, but you know what? Hey, listen, who the fuck am I? Anyways, it looks like it is the next, um, you know, Lego, uh, sports game from, uh, from 2k from the sounds of things. I can't imagine Lego goal is going to be the final name. Maybe it's going to be called Lego 2k goal or 2k Lego goal or something like that. But, uh, it is a football game. It is a soccer game. Don't not get it confused with American football. That is what, uh, uh, the leaks are suggesting. And, but again, it's supposed to be coming out in September. That's really all we know is that Amazon leaked this thing. It might be called Lego goal and it's supposed to be coming out in September. Got some other uh, sports related news. Um, this game has been kicking around for a real long time. It is in it is unfinished, still in development, play testing, and now EA says stay tuned for uh, some skate console play testing news. A year after a year of PC play testing, EA assures console players their chance will come. In a blog reflecting on a year of playtesting on PC, the company told console players they haven't been forgotten. Quote, we also want to give a shout out to the console skate community. Yes, we are still currently only playtesting on PC, but we promise console playtesting will be coming. Uh, we don't have a date to share just yet, but stay tuned. Uh, EA said a skate playtest held in May saw players attempting more than 12.19 million tricks and accumulated 35.7 million experience points uh, experience points by completing over 90,000 challenges. That that's like all fucking bullshit. I hate when they 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 talk about this stuff. Just like tell me how much time was spent. Tell me how many people played it. Um, this that's so vague. But uh, but anyways, the point is is that that free to play skate game is still coming. It continues to be play tested on PC. And those looking to get their uh, hands on it in an unfinished state will be able to on consoles sometime in the near future. Quote, all of this data and tele uh, telemetry is used alongside the invaluable feedback you have given us to gain insights on how players interact with our world and the experience available to them. The playtesting process is helping shape the future of the game. The impact from the community will continue to grow as we scale up our playtesting on the record to launch the uh, to launch as we welcome more into San uh, Vanderstam Vansterna San Vansterdam. What a terrible name for a video game uh, city, but whatever. Uh, Skate was revealed in uh, June 2020 in a surprise announcement which broke EA's Twitter engagement record. The free-to-play game is the debut from Full Circle, a Vancouver-based EA studio headed up by former Xbox Live general manager uh, uh, Daniel uh, McCloach, uh, who spent 15 years with Microsoft's gaming uh, business before departing in 2020. 
Skate will support cross-play and cross-progression on PC, PlayStation, and Xbox consoles. I cannot wait for this skate game. Um, I should have signed up for that playtesting a long time ago. I didn't, but that's okay. I just, I want to play skate. I want to play skate. Actually, you know what? I got uh, Xbox uh, Game Pass Ultimate. I should fuck around with uh, the streaming for Skate 3 on that. See how that turns out. But anyways, I'm looking forward to uh, free-to-play skate. And if you are too, and you're a console player, might be some testing for you in the future. Got a round of Ubisoft news, and it's one is not surprising. The other is just strange. Um, sources say Ubisoft has canceled its Immortals Phoenix Rising sequel. That does not surprise me in the slightest. Uh, Ubisoft has confirmed it's, quote, relocating some creative teams and resources within the Quebec studio. Ubisoft has canceled plans for a sequel to 2020's mythological open-world adventure game, Immortals Phoenix Rising. That's according to multiple development sources who told VGC anonymously that a follow-up game was in early development at Ubisoft Quebec, but company leadership ultimately decided to cancel, its early, uh, cancel it earlier this month due to perceived challenges around establishing the IP. The original Immortals... Uh, which was also developed by U uh, Ubisoft uh, Quebec, uh, received generally favorable reviews. If you ask this game critic, Nitwit, I don't know if I'd necessarily give it necessarily uh, super favorable reviews. That game is all right. If you've never played Immortal Phoenix Rising, it is a open world action adventure RPG set in Greek uh, mythological times. And you were kind of helping uh, Zeus. Is it Zeus and Ares? Oh man, I forget. I remember thinking that despite it really going for um, uh, a funny uh, sense of humor, it was really not that funny. And it feels kind of like a poor man's uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild. That being said, if you were like, hey, you know what? I, I would like to experience Breath of the Wild and I don't own a Switch. Or I just want to run around in an open world uh, fantasy, you know, Greek mythology game. I think... I mean, first of all, you, you can't, you can't on anything, but, um, but, uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising, you know, if it's, I think it's on Game Pass, I think it's on PlayStation Plus, like, I think it's worth checking out if you are, if you're curious about, you know, an open world action adventure game from Ubisoft that isn't one of their established, um, franchises, like, you know, to, to give it credit, it is not an Assassin's Creed game, it is not a Far Cry game, it is not, you know, um, it's not Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands. Like, it is its own thing. Um, but what that thing is, is very much inspired by something like Legends of Zelda Breath of the Wild. There's worse games to be inspired by than Legends of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Don't get me wrong. Uh, should I go back and mess with this? Probably not. Uh, but if you haven't tried it, you know, you can do a lot worse. But uh, don't be looking forward to a sequel. This is the really weird news story that I was talking about. Ubisoft says it won't delete inactive accounts that have purchased games. Now, the reason they're doing this is because there's a whole lot of talk going around that um, uh, some weird shit was happening with people who maybe hadn't played a Ubisoft game on the PC in some time. Uh, however, the publisher has clarified its stance after support email led some to believe libraries could be wiped. 
Last week, a Twitter, uh, a, t- a, t- a Twitter, uh, an X, sorry, an X user. No, uh, last week, a Twitter user claimed to have received an email from Ubisoft warning that should they not click a link to keep their account active, the account, including all purchased games, would be closed and made inaccessible after a certain period. Ubisoft's Twitter uh, support account appeared to confirm this, writing, quote, We just want to chime in that you can avoid the account closure by logging into your account within 30 days since receiving the email pictured and selecting cancel account closure link contained in the email. This led to widespread concern and condemnation from players who were under the impression that this meant if they didn't use their Ubisoft accounts for a long period of time, any games purchased uh, they had made would disappear along with their accounts. However, in a statement to Dual Shockers, Ubisoft has now clarified the matter, uh, stating that while it does indeed legally have to close inactive accounts, this doesn't apply to accounts that have purchases tied to them. The publisher explained that it has been removing inactive accounts for many years now because of the EU's GDPR laws. Uh, mean companies can only store individual personal information for a certain length of time. However, it also adds that it takes a number of things into account before deleting an inactive account, and one of these is whether they've previously purchased any PC games. According to Ubisoft, accounts, accounts that include purchased PC games are not eligible for deletion. It adds, quote, in practice, as of today, we never deleted an account that has been inactive for less than four years. So... If you haven't purchased a Ubisoft, you know, game on PC and you have been inactive for four years, there's a very good chance that you might get an email like that or your account might get deleted. I, I, I still quite don't understand the, the process around them deleting accounts. Um, but that is currently what is going on. So buy a Ubisoft game and I guess your account is good forever. Forever, ever. Um, CG Project Red plans to lay off around 100 staff members. That is roughly 9% of its team. Quote, there's no easy way to say this, but today we are overstaffed. And that's so funny coming from a company that has like four different games uh, in the hopper. You got, you know, your remake of uh, uh, The Witcher. You got the, the fourth Witcher game. You got um, the expansion for uh, Cyberpunk and I think one other game. And you mean to tell me that like nearly 10% of its staff is getting laid off in the coming months? If you can't hear me, I'm shaking my head. Um, I know this is an audio podcast, but I'm shaking my head at this message. In an organizational update uh, message posted on the studio's official website, CD Projekt uh, CEO Adam uh, Kaczynski states that the company wants to have, quote, teams that are more agile and more effective. Basically, doing more work with less resources. And that after analyzing the teams in the company, the decision has been made that some are no longer needed. Quote, we've carefully assessed all teams in the company in terms of the, uh, their expected contributions to deliver on our strategy. Uh, sorry, to the delivery of our strategy, uh, Kaczynski writes. Quote, there's no easy way to say this, but today we are overstaffed. Quote, we have talented people on board who are finishing their tasks and based on current and expected project needs, we are we already know we don't have other opportunities for them in the next year. The outcome is the studio uh, parting ways with around 100 people, which is roughly 9% of the entire team. 
quote, this will not be immediate as some employees will be let go uh, as late uh, as Q1 2024. But in the spirit of transparency, we've chosen to share this information now. We want team members to, be, to have ample time to process and adjust to the change. And we've uh, also made sure to offer everyone a comprehensive severance package. In May, CD Projekt Red announced that it laid off 29 people after rescoping its Witcher spinoff game Project Sirius. These layoffs mostly infected uh, developers at the Molasses Flood, the American studio behind Flame the Flood, which CD Projekt acquired in 2021. Also in May, the company announced its decision to wind down support for Gwent in 2023, which led to around 30 Gwent team members also being laid off. So we are now looking at about 160 people laid off over the span of about a year uh, at CD Projekt. Um, but CD Projekt Red is currently working on a number of projects, including titles named Polaris, a new game in the Witcher franchise, Orion, a new uh, cyberpunk game, and Hadar, an entirely new e uh, IP. So we're looking at probably about four games. I mean, at least they're being transparent and upfront and uh, letting people know ahead of time. Um, I don't want to read too into this, but if that um, cyberpunk... Um, expansion is close to being done i could see a lot of those people maybe being let go as part of that process they already have people working on a new C uh, cyberpunk game and maybe they just don't have room for the people that uh worked on that expansion to work on the new game i don't know but considering that is the next game from cd project red i wouldn't be surprised if the cyberpunk phantom liberty people were let go after the expansion comes out. Um, got some like kind of acquisition news. Uh, no Activision acquisition news. My apologies. Um, there was uh, Sword Canes, which is a support studio that helped uh, Square Enix work on Final Fantasy 16, has been acquired by uh, Capcom. So Capcom now has acquired Sword Canes Studio. Sword Canes also worked on Hi-Fi Rush, Monster Hunter, and a new Pokemon Snap. And most recently, they helped uh, Capcom work on Street Fighter VI and helped Square Enix work on Final Fantasy XVI. And uh, I can't help but feel like this is tremendous news. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Because Capcom continues to kill it. Um, you know, the 5 million sales, uh, for, you know, uh, resident evil Four remake, um, you know, during the, the three months, uh, that ended just at June 30th, um, Capcom's digital contents business delivered sales of 13 and a half million units of its home video game software, surpassing the 11.7 million units uh, in sales in the same period as the previous year and significantly contributing to the value of the company's content. Capcom is just killing it. And there was a time when Capcom was looked at as especially in the like PS3 era at a 360 era as one of those companies that could have been bought by a, by a Sony, by a Microsoft, right? By even maybe even a Square Enix as, 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 as blasphemous as that might have sounded um, at one point in time. 
Um, but it looks like, you know, Capcom is growing and growing right cra crazy enough that they can start buying uh, studios. I mean, obviously, this is a support studio. This isn't on the same level as Microsoft buying Activision or, or Blizzard or anything like that. But Capcom is growing. Capcom is hungry and uh, they keep doing great things. And I'm excited to see what uh, Capcom has in store for Sword Canes in the future. Uh, Capcom also announced that uh, Exoprimal uh, which was released last week, has already reached 1 million players. Now, they say already reached. Keep in mind that that game is free to play on uh, Game Pass on both Xbox and PC. So I don't know if they mean they sold a million copies or if 100 million, you know, for, or, or sorry, excuse me, if 1 million people played it. But that is kind of uh, what we got going on. And then in other acquisition news, Tencent is set to acquire a majority shareholding in Dying Light Studio Techland. The Polish studio says it will retain full ownership of its IPs and creative freedom. Chinese technology giant Tencent is set to become a majority shareholder of Dying Light Studio Techland. The news was announced on Monday. Um, their current CEO will remain uh, CEO of Techland. Um, we dream of turning Dying Light into the ultimate zombie game experience for players worldwide, providing you with multiple astonishing adventures and pushing the boundaries of solo and online modes to a totally new level. Our new, uh, sorry, our open world action RPG in a fantasy setting is already shaping up to become something truly special, and the goal here is to make sure it will live up to the expectations of our first new IP in almost a decade. Uh, this investment from Tencent not only allows them to continue to work on Dying Light, um, I sure hope that means a Dying Light 3 and not just more updates for Dying Light 2, because man, Dying Light 2 was not great, and Dying Light 1 is an amazing game, and Dying Light 2 was not and they might as well just forget Dying Light 2 ever happened to make a Dying Light 3, or continue to work on their open-world action RPG fantasy game. Uh, can we make these dreams come true? Yes, we can, but what we realize is that the best, boldest dreams can only be achieved while working side-by-side -side with like-minded friends and strong partners who share the same vision, passion, and have the willingness to back it up with their knowledge, experience, and capabilities. Today, I am happy to announce the partnership with Tencent, who are in the process of becoming Techland's majority shareholder. Teaming up with Tencent will allow us to move full speed ahead with the execution of the vision of our games. Uh, we have chosen an ally who has already partnered with some of the world's uh, finest video game companies and helped them reach new heights while respecting their way of doing things. We retain full ownership of our IPs, maintain creative freedom, and continue to operate the way we believe is right. Uh, I'm also going to be continue serving as the studio CEO. That was uh, Powit uh, Marcheka. Um, I, I'm probably butchering that name, but I apologize. Um, so their CEO stays, they're going to keep doing what they've been doing. They're going to keep working on dying light. They're going to make this new open world fat fantasy RPG. And I'm just going to say this. I feel like if dying light two hadn't been such a disappointment, um, if Dying Light 2 hadn't been such a disappointment, I feel like this wouldn't have happened. This wouldn't have needed to happen, if I'm being completely honest with you. Uh, Techland's most recent game, Dying Light 2, which was released in February of last year, sold 5 million copies during its launch month. So 5 million in its first month, which, hey, don't get me wrong, 5 million is a, is a fuckload of games. In comparison, the original Dying Light was released in 2015 and has sold over 20 million copies. 
uh, according to the studio, which has recently began gauging player interest in a third series entry. I wonder if those Dying Light 2 sales dried up. I feel like the word of mouth for that game was not so hot. It's an incredibly slow, tedious start for a video game. And most of your time spent with that game is upgrading and unlocking fundamental abilities that should have been available for your player at the start. Dying Light 2 is just not a great game. And I'm just wondering if sales dried up for that game in a way that they didn't for Dying Light 1. Because Dying Light 1 came out in 2015 and was continued to be updated and developed and worked on and supported for a very, very long time. Well up until the release of... uh, well, up until the release of Dying Light 2, in fact, that game continues to see updates today. Uh, Dying Light 1 does. We go to the Dying Light uh, 1 Steam page. Uh, Dying Light uh, 1. Oh, the pricing is weird, but that's fine. Um, bah, 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 bah. Oh, Dying Light 1 is now verified for Steam Deck. There you go. Uh, what was the recent update? Uh, June of last year, Dying Light 2 received, uh, an update June of last year. That was for the definitive edition, uh, which came out June 9th of last year. Is there anything else that I'm missing? Is there like a, uh, can we go to view latest discussion? Yeah, they're, they're still... They're still doing stuff for Dying Light 1, maybe not a whole lot, and they've definitely moved on to dying light 2 um very curious what is the state of dying light 2 at the moment dying light 2 is 40 bucks on steam oh well for fans of the walking dead they're currently doing a time limited walking dead event in dying light 2 i don't know what this means oh you get like the you get a rick okay all right this is what dying light 2's got going on um you can get the rick grimes outfit um, you can get, uh, Michonne's Katana, you can get Lucille and you can get Negan's knife, um, in Dying Light 2, if that is your thing. Um, also that bundle is, uh, 1049, which fuck compared to the shit that I spent, you know, uh, money on in, um, Fortnite, that seems like a damn good deal. Um, uh, but anyways, yeah, they're working on stuff for, for, for Dying Light 2, um, I heard that they were like redoing some of the combat um, and the day and night cycle. Um, if, if I could be wrong, that was June 29th. Yeah. I don't know what it would take to get me into dying late too, but I, I don't think, uh, I don't think the walking dead is that anyways, I'm just wondering, just spitballing that maybe the, the reception and the slow of sales uh, post release for, uh, Dying Light 2 contributed to them being like, hey, we need some cash influx right about now because we had ambitions that were expensive and we are not getting the money that we thought we were. But who knows? Speaking of ambitions, uh, looks like Insomniac is working on a third game alongside Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine. I would really love it if it was another uh, Jack and... Uh, sorry, not, not, not Jack and Daxter, excuse me. Uh, Ratchet and Clank game. Um, that Ratchet and Clank game just came out on PC. Uh, I think it was on the 26th. Um, but yeah, 
Uh, that's according to a live stream held at the Full Sail University in last September, which is just now being circulated on social media. Full Sail, if you don't know, was where the best NXT stuff happened. Sorry if you're an NXT fan and you're like, oh, NXT 2.0 is pretty good or this like weird hybrid mismatch of NXT 2.0 and the black and gold. Fuck that. Full Sail. Mauro Ronello. Mama Mia. Full Sail University NXT, that's where the best NXT happened. Don't argue with me. Anyways, in, in the stream, project director Aaron Eberhardt claimed that they were helming an unannounced project at the studio. Uh, previously had worked on PlayStation Now at Sony Interactive Entertainment, as well as Blizzard's eSports initiative. That's where that's what Aaron had been doing. This is actually my first AAA uh, game project now. I'm the project director here on an unannounced project. I'm very excited uh, to actually be making games now. Um, uh, Eberhardt joined Insomniac just before the studio began advertising for a multiplayer project. Uh, Insomniac officially working on, uh, you know, Spider-Man two and that Wolverine game. And again, they just helped put out, uh, that Ratchet and Clank game. So who knows what they're working on? Could be multiplayer. It makes perfect sense that if it is a multiplayer game, because Sony is very focused on multiplayer gaming in the future. You know, they want to get those single player games that they got uh, in the hopper out the door so that they can s turn those franchises, your beloved uh, single player story based franchises into multiplayer games, whether you like it or not. So if you're sitting around thinking, man, I really like the story mode in uh, and, and, the, and the story and, and the characters and stuff in Ratchet and Clank, well, get fucked because it's probably going to be a multiplayer game. Oh, you wanted a Last of Us Part 3? Too bad. It's a multiplayer game instead. That seems like the road that uh, Sony is going down uh, for better or for worse. And I would not be surprised if one of the three games that uh, Insomniac was working on was a multiplayer game. And then just very quickly, uh, early access for Paradox's Sims rival Life by You has been delayed for six months. It has now been pushed back to March 5th, 2024, was originally supposed to launch September 12th. That's kind of all we know about that. I'm still looking forward to that game. Very curious to see how that turns out. Uh, Life by you, of course, you know, kind of trying to come at the king, which is the Sims. We'll see how that uh, turns out. Uh, the delay has been uh, made to improve various elements, including visuals, UI and mod tools. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk some of the games that I've been playing. Then we'll wrap this podcast up. So stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, I'm continued to be your host, Nitwit. I ain't going nowhere. Um, I've been playing a variety of games. Um, I played a little bit of that Diablo four season one, and I gotta say, I don't know what I was necessarily expecting, but I wasn't expecting something as repetitive and tedious as, uh, this was, it really feels like I'm kind of doing the same old shit that I was doing uh, in the main game with my main character before having to start a new character to do this stuff um, up to and including like revisiting areas that I had already unlocked in the, in the original game. It just, um, I just don't, I'm kind of surprised at um, how little they've changed about uh, Diablo with this season one update um, and how much of that stuff they expect you to just redo. And again, don't get me wrong. I fully expected Diablo to be a game very much focused on repetition. 
Um, don't get me wrong. That being said, um, it just feels like a checklist and like some of it is new content, but a lot of it isn't. And I just don't know. I just don't know how much more of that I'll play. I'll probably keep poking at it, fucking around with it. Definitely won't be spending any money on that battle pass. That battle pass seems like a fucking scam. Like, um, that battle pass seems like a genuine waste of time. So if the stuff they're allowing you to earn and unlock and receive as rewards is underwhelming and the new content that they pre uh, presented isn't all that exciting, I'm just not too sure why I would spend this time making a new character when I could continue to grind out my, my main character uh, in the game. We'll see, you know, Hey, maybe next week I'll come back and be like, Oh, I got a Diablo four brother. It's just, I feel it in my veins. I, I really couldn't tell you uh, one way or the other. But for now, to make a long story short, bounced off that Diablo 4 stuff pretty, pretty quickly. Uh, this week, I fully expected to come back and be like, I'm either done Hogwarts Legacy or damn near close to being done Hogwarts Legacy. And it isn't for a lack of trying. And it, honestly, I'm still mostly enjoying my time with that game to, to some extent. So it's not even like I've been bored by it. Um, it's just that, you know, every now and then the pacing of the story kind of slows down. I get distracted. I start wandering around, exploring, doing side stuff. And don't get me wrong. That's exactly what that game probably wants you to do is see that side content, explore, do the side activities, wander around the school, wander around the forbidden forest, go do other shit that isn't just the main story. Like I get it. And that game will reward you and, 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 uh, encourage you to do that stuff. But at some point I was like, you know what? I kind of just want to see the story through to the end. I don't know how much side content I really want to do. But again, with the way that the story is paced out, there are, uh, a good number of times where there's just a lot of downtime of like, Hey, you kind of got to do a couple of these side activities, uh, these small, uh, story focused side activities in order to get the main plot line back up in gear. And, and as a result, I end up just doing a bunch of that stuff. And I'm not saying I do like everything. Like I just kind of, you know, find my niche. I find my groove and I'm like, Oh, maybe I'll go shop and look at some more, you know, clothes. Oh, maybe I should, you know, try to, you know, fly around with the broom and pop some of these balloons in the air. Oh, maybe I should go hunt some, be you know, capture some beasts, like, you know, whatever, whatever. And, and I do that stuff, but, um, there was a part of me that was like, dude, let's just like put your head down and like bust through the story. And that wasn't necessarily the case. So you know, similar to Diablo four, like maybe I'll have uh, a lot more to say with that game. Um, uh, next week, uh, I did have somebody come over and I showed them Hogwarts Legacy. And I think the thing with like showing people games that you are currently in the progress of playing is that it strips a lot of the context out. I, I, I the, the same person who came over uh, to my house during uh, my birthday uh, weekend, um, I showed them Fortnite and I showed them Hogwarts Legacy. And I must feel like I'm a crazy person, like trying to breathlessly explain like Fortnite or Hogwarts legacy to someone who's never seen or played them before. And they're very different games, which is hear me out. Like there is a lot of story and cutscenes and, and, and plot and premise and setup in Hogwarts legacy. But once you are in that game, 
you know, you can ignore a lot of that story stuff if you want to, right? It's very easy to be like, you know what? I just want to go hunt down these bandit camps and kill these, you know, rogue wizards, or I want to become the best broom. I want to upgrade my broomstick and, and be the best flyer. Or I want to craft every potion in the game. I want to capture every beast. I want to upgrade every, um, bit of, uh, you know, equipment and clothing I have. And I don't really give a shit about why, you know, this, this, I can see ancient magic, why I am this special wizard for a fifth year student. Like, I don't necessarily care about the story stuff because I just want to do this other, um, this, the, you know, engage in these other mechanics, engage in these side activities. And I think the thing is, is that like, you know, there's a lot of tutorial in Hogwarts legacy. In fact, I'd argue that one of my big criticisms of the game is that a large part of the story just feels like tutorializing, uh, stuff that you will do as side activities that don't actually have that much to do with the main story. Like, you know, the classes that you go and attend in those, in that game often feel like they're setting up some sort of mechanic, some sort of gameplay concept that then doesn't really factor into the story that much. And you're in your time engaging with some of the classes and, you know, traditional Hogwarts school activities maybe don't actually mean as much in the grand scheme of things as the main story would present itself as right. You know, like if you, if you didn't go to class other than not being able to, you know, um, accomplish certain goals and tasks like the story doesn't really change right you go to potions class and you're like oh i can do this you know spell now and this spell is a requirement for the next story level or mission that i'm doing but in terms of my time as a hogwarts student it doesn't really it doesn't really change it just it's just that it unlocks new you know you know, abilities and unlocks and upgrades, which are required for the story and for the game, but maybe don't actually provide that much in the way of plot backstory and stuff like that. So I think that's my thing with, with Hogwarts legacy is it, again, it continues to feel like I'm at a Hogwarts themed, uh, like theme park and doesn't often feel like a traditional simulation of either a wizarding school or all the things that you know, you've come to expect from the Harry Potter and Hogwarts, you know, universe at times, it just feels like a open world action RPG with Harry Potter, Hogwarts stuff sprinkled on it. And then there are times where it does feel like uh, a well-reflected um, and uh, engaging uh, interpretation of a Harry Potter and a Hogwarts game. I just feel like it is uneven at times and I think especially in the way that the story kind of starts and stops um, and then forces you to do some side activities, it just feels like, hey, we just, you know, you could be doing this shit in any video game. You could be doing this in a Lord of the Rings game. You could be doing this in a fucking Star Wars game. But here you're doing this shit in a, in a Harry Potter world. So so go have fun. Um, I, I've been said, like, you know, I, you know, I still am enjoying this game for the most part, despite my grievances, despite my... Um, you know, issues with the game. I think the bigger the Harry Potter fan you are, the more I could see this going one way or the other for you, right? Like if you are a, you know, if you're a big fan of games first and a Harry Potter game second, you know, Harry Potter fan second, you might feel the way I feel and be like, ah, like this just doesn't, this has some of the Harry Potter flavor to it, but it doesn't always feel like, 
I'm doing anything particularly different than I would in another open world game like this. Um, or you might be a huge Harry Potter fan and, and, and be like, oh, I just can't believe we get to do any of this in a video game. Like, I can't believe I get to like ride a hippogriff and I can't believe I get to go to potions class. I can't believe I get to talk to a hell self or, you know, fly a broomstick or, or whatever, right? Like you might be just happy to be doing any of this stuff in a game that is much better than those games were when EA was making them, when they were releasing them in time with the movie, right? Like those movie tie in Harry Potter games are trash, right? This is the best Harry Potter game that has ever been made. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean it doesn't have its shortcomings. Doesn't mean it doesn't have its faults. Um, but if you are a Harry Potter fan first and a, you know, a, a fan of open world action RPGs or whatever second, um, this might scratch enough of that itch for you. But really the thing I've spent most of my time playing this week has been Fortnite. And, um, so I bought the John Cena, uh, skin pack, which includes two different John Cena outfits. It includes the, you can't see me like hand waving emote dance. It also includes, um, the WWE championship, which you can wear as a backpack and equip that on any character. Um, and it also unlocks the John Cena, like a big foam hand John Cena that you can use as a pickaxe. So, you know, like with anything that you buy in Fortnite, it is very customizable. So you can put that WWE championship on any character uh, costume that you've unlocked. It doesn't just have to be John Cena. You can have any character, not just John Cena, do the you can't see me hand wave emote. You can have John Cena do any emote that any other character can do. Right. So that's kind of the beauty of that Fortnite, uh, you know, customization and, and system is that you can mix and match to your heart's content. And that's exactly what I did because then I went and spent about 30 bucks. So I feel like I'm probably at like 36, 38 bucks total, uh, uh, counting, uh, the, the V bucks that I got for, uh, as a birthday present. And, uh, now I own the Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, uh, selection. So now I can be Spider-Man doing the John Cena emote or John Cena with the Spider-Man fucking like portal on his back and all of that stuff. And, um, you know, the, I thought about buying the, uh, the Futurama stuff, which is, I think, uh, John Cena was like 1500, uh, V bucks. No, 1800, 2000. I forget exactly how much John Cena was. Um, but the Spider-Man stuff was 2600 V bucks. And, um, Futurama, the, the entire bundle, which includes uh, two versions of Fry, two versions of Layla, two versions of Bender, um, and a bunch of other stuff, I think is 28. So you're looking at, like for these bigger bundles, you're looking anywhere from 20 to 30 bucks uh, for these character stuff. And for a free-to-play game, you know, that isn't too crazy. You know, I could definitely go easily spend 30 bucks in uh, Destiny 2 right now getting character unlocks and stuff like that. But I think they kind of got me with this, um, with this, uh, license stuff, right? You know, like as I'm running around as John Cena, I'm shooting RoboCop. I'm getting blasted by the, the alien from aliens. I'm, uh, shooting Ryu from street fighter. Like I saw Geralt from the Witcher, um, all of this stuff. And I think, um, that's what makes Fortnite such a fascinating game. I genuinely think that like, it is a, is a decent, 
uh, third person shooter. Um, and if you, if you're willing to accept the, the part where free to play games are always trying to hit you up for more money, if you're willing to accept that, um, you know, Fortnite has a lot of shit to it and it is as a result, kind of an overwhelming, complicated game in terms of, you know, even just the stuff you can do in the regular battle Royale mode compared to the other stuff, the user created content. Like I, this person that was over at my house, um, I was showing off, uh, the battle Royale mode and I didn't even get to like half the shit that you can do, uh, in that battle Royale mode, right? You know, the part where you're riding dinosaurs in that battle Royale mode, you're grinding vines, you're, um, unlocking ancient hidden temples that have additional weapons and upgrading those weapons and, uh, taking on bounties and quests to go hunt other players in the game, hunting wildlife and driving cars and all in the context of outlasting everybody. Um, uh, but even the user generated content, like I showed off, uh, this person, a, uh, zombie mode. It's a very simple zombie mode. You run around, you shoot the zombies, the zombies give you money, you use that money to upgrade your weapons and reinforce your house and your, uh, you know, shelter as the zombies come and attack. And you know, you can play with friends or play by yourself. And that's just one mode that some guy made in Fortnite. It's not the main mode in Fortnite, but it is you know, something that you can do in Fortnite. And I think that makes it, again, like in the context of a, I don't think Fortnite probably tutorializes you nearly as well as something, uh, a curated, you know, uh, narrative experience like, uh, Hogwarts legacy, but there's just a lot of shit to that game. And I think it's fascinating. And I think when you mix and match all that different pop culture stuff, I think you're left with a really cool, weird, wild game. And, I get it. Some people are going to find, you know, that stuff incredibly off-putting. They're going to find, you know, maybe it kind of gross that there is all this Futurama and John Cena and Star Wars and Spider-Man. Like you might find it predatory or manipulating, you know, children and people into spending money and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, I think it is uh, a pretty unique and cool uh, tech show piece. I think it's a really nice looking game. I think the the stuff that they do, uh, did to the game when they uh, brought it from PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5, it's a really nice looking game. Um, I think the core Battle Royale multiplayer experience is fun. I think the additional modes that you can experience with your friends or by yourself made by other people is cool. I think, you know, the, the costumes and stuff that they make are, are nice looking. And I think if you're willing to spend the money, it's, it's not a bad get. And overall, I've been enjoying my time with Fortnite. Fortnite has always been a game. I've kind of poked my head at here and there though. This is probably the most I've spent, uh, with, uh, Fortnite in some time. I did get a victory Royale, a number one victory Royale. I think I'm now up to four victory Royales total, um, in, uh, in Fortnite though. Three of those came from my time playing it on the Nintendo switch. I don't know what that tells you about Nintendo switch players. Maybe they're worse than PC players. I don't know. But when you are, you know, if you've played a battle Royale, apex legends, player unknowns, battlegrounds, call of duty, Warzone, whatever Fortnite, you know, that as you go from a hundred players to 20 to 15 to 10 to five, like that gets to be some fucking nerve wracking, intense shit. Right. And uh, I definitely, uh, was feeling it as I tried to outlast everybody. And then again, eventually pulled out the one victory Royale. That's also been the game that I'm like, I'm ready for, you know, I'm getting ready to go to bed. I'll play like two matches of this, right. Or I'll play a match of this before I got to leave the house or something. So it's also been like a, a quick pickup and play game for me. 
I have not bought the battle pass. I don't think I'm going to be spending any more money in that game for the time being. Uh, but it's a good thing I bought John Cena when I did because you cannot buy him in Fortnite anymore. Um, and just for clarification, this is uh, at least the second time that John Cena has been available. He did come out uh, on Fortnite uh, some time ago. They got rid of him. Then they brought him back. So that's why I decided to get the Spider-Man across the, the Spider-Verse bundle instead of Futurama, because I was just thinking like, ah, Futurama will probably stick around for, you know, a, a couple of weeks or so, or if it goes away, they'll probably bring it back at some point. Um, it's not like, you know, they're dealing with rarities for these uh, character models where like the value of it changes. It's just like, yeah, like you know, Spider-Man was two bucks cheaper than Futurama because Futurama just came out, but it's not like you can trade with players or like, Oh, I got John Cena and now it's super expensive or anything like that. Like that doesn't seem to be the direction that Fortnite and its cosmetics and its costumes are heading. Uh, but we'll find out as I continue to play some more Fortnite, but I really got to stop so I can get back to Hogwarts legacy and maybe even try to finish like I like in a perfect world, I finish Hogwarts legacy and then I finish, um, uh, final fantasy, uh, seven remake before the end of August. I don't know if that's going to happen. I just, I don't know. Shit's crazy right now. Uh, life's crazy right now, but the podcast will keep going and I will have more games to talk about next week. We'll have more news to talk about. Um, and I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast, find everything that I do over at my link tree, linktree.com slash nitwit, G N I T T W I T T Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, all that good stuff. You can also go buy yourself a t-shirt, which will allow me to spend more money in Fortnite or other things that are not Fortnite. That's going to do it for the podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week. Take it easy.